0: Welcome to Seven Mile Ministry. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, was Santa Claus good to you? He wasn't good to me. He mailed me an invoice. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir, he did. But uh, it's good. Glad to be here. Glad to be here. I know the new year's coming up, so when's that next Friday? So I won't probably won't see y'all again till next year. That's corny, I know, but it's true, I won't see you till next year. So last year, um, you know, I felt like the Lord was saying that this was a year, 2020, a year of of just clear vision, being able to see things clearly. And I can say as this as this year has gone by, I absolutely know I see things more clearly, more clear than I ever have. And you see just how much hate is in the good old United States of America. You see how much fear, long list of things. I was reading something last night about uh, are there aliens or not. You know, is there people living on other planets? And they said, well, I sure hope not because of our government finds out about it. they'll be mailing them a check. <laughs> and that's that's the truth, isn't it? But um, it's a new year. 2021 is coming up. So if you haven't been with us, we've been talking about David and going from a shepherd to a king, and he hasn't made it to the throne yet. But uh, we've been talking about that for a few weeks, and um, I've enjoyed it myself, and if you've missed any, it's easy. Just go on Facebook on 7 Mile, or you can YouTube it and get caught up 45 minutes of your week, driving to and from work or wherever you're going, and and uh, get caught up. It's good. It's helped me out, and I um, hope it's helped you guys. So we're still going to be talking about David now I don't really have a story to go with it out of like First Samuel um, or Second Samuel, but when we were reading First Samuel and you see David going from the sheep pen to the throne, uh, if you have like a study Bible in there, it'll have some Psalms by uh, some of the Scriptures, and perhaps you never paid attention to that. Maybe you've just gone and read Psalms totally, you know, independent. Just read Psalms, and you may not understand. Like, where'd this come from? But it helps you when you see David's life and when he's writing these psalms or he's going through some stuff and he's writing, writing some psalms. But um, one thing is he, he's never pointing his finger at other people. That's what we're going to talk about this morning. He's, he's saying, search me, search me, Lord, search my heart. But we'll be in Psalms 139. 139, is starting in the 17th. Now, you can go read the rest of the chapters just for the sake of time. I just started at the 17th. But prior to the 17th verse, he's talking about what Mark said, that I can't escape your presence. Mark was saying, he's here closer than you think. He's right here. Well, David saying, I can't escape your presence. I can't escape you. Wherever I go, there you are. If, I, if I'm in heaven, if I make my bed in hell... If it's in the dark, wherever it is, you're there. You know me. It's like a 24 7 surveillance camera keeping up with me. And hey, I don't want to escape him. I spent enough years running trying to get away. But I'm glad I got tired and quit running. And some people in here or sound of my voice online you need to quit running. Psalms 139, starting at the 17th. He says, How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, they will be more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Oh, that you would slay the wicked. Now I want you to see right there, where he changes right here. He says, Oh, that you would slay the wicked. O God, depart from me, therefore, you bloodthirsty men. For they speak against you wickedly. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate them, O Lord, who hate you? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with a perfect hatred. I count them my enemies. I read that again last night and this morning. But I was thinking, a perfect hatred, you hate them with a perfect hatred. I hate you, but it's perfect. You know, there's, there's one thing you should hate with a perfect hatred, and that's hate sin. Not the sinner, but the sin itself. That's what you should hate. But he says, I hate them with a perfect hatred. I thought that was, I thought that was kind of funny. It's not. This ain't just any ordinary hate right here. This is a perfect hate. But he says, search me, O God. I know my heart. Try me. And know my anxieties. See how he shifts there? He goes from talking about these other people, but he doesn't say search them, change them, do something to them. He says, search me. Change me. I want you to search me. I want you to know me. I want you to know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. See if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. Amen. And we need God to search our hearts. Like I said, you see there, he's, he, 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 he's gone through some things. Going through things just like you and I go through. And uh, I think we can learn so much from David and seeing what he's gone through and seeing his struggles, seeing the Psalms, which I mentioned last week. Thousands of years later, we are still singing songs that come from the hymns, from the Psalms that David wrote. Thousands of years later, you talking about a number one bestseller or what's it called, the billboard charts or whatever. you talking about some songs that's been around for thousands of years. Literally. Um, and he writes them, not while he's sitting on the throne and life's good, but while he's going through some stuff. Amen? So you see there, he shifts from, he's talking about enemies, but then he shifts from talking about the enemy to the enemy. Like, the enemy. Like search me, see what's in a me. Not good grammar, but it's okay. <laughs> see what's. It's not about the enemy. It's about what's in me, and not not someone else. He goes from kind of fussing here at first, just saying, "Search me." And so to, today, the title of today's sermon is um, is on ramps and way stations. On-ramps and way stations, just like going down the interstate, and there's on-ramps, getting on the, on the interstate. And there's also way stations. Probably not a lot of people here have ever stopped at a way station, but you better have some things balanced correctly, or you'll get a big, fat ticket. They'll shut you down. And uh, so on-ramps and way stations. So we do live in an age of anxiety, um, where people are anxious. Stress and worried, in fear, and like I said, anxious. But if God's got his 24-7 surveillance camera on you and he knows what you need and he knows what's good, he's going to take care of our needs and there's really nothing to be anxious about, but that's easier said than done for some people. Amen? I mean, everybody's got different struggles in different areas. Um, but I want to tell you one thing about anxiety. And you look at, if you've ever watched the... Uh, Social Dilemma, it's a thing about Facebook. And if you do some studying on some things like that. These people want to shape you and mold you into who they want you to be for their financial gain. And if you watch that thing called the Social Dilemma, I want to tell you, it is eye-opening at how these people are shaping and molding society, you and I, people, to what they want you to be. So you'll see these big conglomerates, which are, there's several ent- entities inside of this one conglomerate so they're it's like separate businesses, but they're all really lumped under one. So the same uh, company, the same conglomerate, if you will, has, is, is, is putting things out there to make you have anxiety, to make you stress. But then they turn around and they've got another company that's selling you pills to take care of your anxiety and your stress. That's a fact. And uh, we live in the age of Anxiety, one thing I was thinking is because of so many choices. Me and Tim were talking just a moment ago about choices about trucks I mean we weren 't talking about choices we were talking about trucks. It used to you'd go to get a truck and you'd get a work truck or or another or whatever the upgrade was just a straight up work truck or a nicer version, which meant uh. You know, I might have a better paint job or some different wheels. There wasn't really a big, you know, a lot of choices. Now there's so many choices. I mean, how do you make up your mind? What you want? There are so many choices with everything, with utility vehicles, cars we drive, houses you buy, clothes you wear. You go to a menu, just five, six, seven pages. I like it when it's just a few choices, and it's not so much. It's like studying a manual to figure out what you're going to order. But more choices creates more anxiety. I just can't decide. I just don't know. What if I get the wrong thing? And um, they capitalize on that. It's like you can't enjoy when things are going right because um, you get to a place in life where you just expect it to be wrong. And uh, we don't need to be like that. So I was thinking about I-65 and um, checking our intake. Checking our intake. Um, let's let's go to scripture real quick. In Proverbs the fourth chapter twentieth verse. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Right here, he says. Give attention to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. That's important to what you are giving attention to, what you're inclining your ear to, what you're listening to. So, let's think about I sixty-five. There's a lot of on-ramps on sixty-five, and we've got people here that live all over South Calera, down Alabaster, Coleman, Arleyway. Um out Pell City. I mean we got people drive over an hour. We got people everywhere. But let's just say on a Monday morning, any day of the week, any any weekday, work day, let's just say you're gonna get on the interstate at about seven, seven thirty. And let's just say that um Stick, who lives at the very far end of Coleman, last exit gets on there and he's just gonna drive down to let's just say Hansville. Around Hansville, we call it Hans Vegas drive around by Hans Vegas. And then they said Jason, who he actually lives in Hayden, but he's the closest one to Hans Vegas. So he's going to jump on the interstate at the exact same time, right there in Hansville, he's going to go to Warrior. And Patrick's going to drive from Warrior to Gardendale. And I'm not really going to get on in Gardendale because if I was going south, I would get on in Dale And then I'm heading, let's just say I'm heading over towards Lake Shore Hoover Way. Now, if we all leave the house at the same amount of time, who's going to encounter the most traffic? I'm going to encounter the most traffic. You're going to, you're going to go smooth as can be, unless some nut you know that always happens. But you're going to go smooth as can be until you get right there past Fulton 41st Street. It starts, and you got a couple of uh, North Birmingham's and Finley. Then you got Malfunction Junction, which is way better now than it used to be. Then you got. Uh, where leg gets off to go to work right there, and then you get got the south side. Anyway, you know why, what the difference is? Way, way, way more on-ramps. There's more people getting on the same highway. It's still got the same three or four lanes or whatever it is, but you've got more on-ramps. They're just getting on, getting on, getting on. Every time you get close to an on-ramp, traffic backs up. If they would just take away the on-ramps in Birmingham and make it like it is... Like in Coleman, where you only got one every few miles, well, traffic will be smooth, wouldn't it? So I think about our lives, and we got some on ramps, and we're allowing too many things into our minds, into our thoughts, into our lives. And uh, that's exactly what the enemy wants. So when you're letting things in, but, but we're praying about the traffic to be better, but you're still allowing more vehicles on the road, that's just like, let me say, Let's see, fat and anxiety have a lot in common because you can't pray either one of them away. you can't pray fat away you're putting calories in and you're putting sugar in, and you're putting um, um, uh, you know fatty you know, unhealthy foods in, but then we 're going to pray lord don't make me fat, don't don't." Don't, don't, don't let this food, don't let this whole apple pie that I'm fixing to demolish to, to affect me at all. I'm going to eat fried chicken every day and just eat pasta and just eat anything I want and just drink me about two liter of Coke and Lord, just uh, don't let it make me fat. Well, we're going to pray anxiety away, but we still got the on-ramp open and We're just letting things in. Y'all following me? Well, Good. One thing I thought about, I don't have it on me, but the phone that we most of us carry in our back pockets that's alarming you and buzzing and notifying you and always telling you something, and you got to look at it and see what's going on, and then we're going to take everything in on Facebook, take everything in on the news. We're just going to take it all in, but then we're going to turn around for peace. Well, where would God put the peace exactly? If you're all full on all this garbage and on all this trash, where exactly is he going to put the peace? That's just like this bottle of water. It's got a little room in it because I took a sip out of it. But when you first open it, there's no room for anything else. I mean, you might can get an eyedropper and put a few drips in there. But there's not room for much else. You've got to make some room for something. Amen. Is it hot in here? Are you all hot? I am. I'm feeling like extremely warm. Told Daryl bring a fire extinguisher. We're gonna start a fire today, but I didn't mean with a heater. So with somebody on that side of the room that would be so kind just bump that thing down a little bit. As long as I'm comfortable, that's really all that matters. But <laughs> I'm getting a mop bit warm. But where would you put it? My mom, she makes um, these cookies, well, she used to make them. They're called seven-layer cookies. I say she used to make them because she hadn't made them in so long. But uh, she makes this cookie called seven-layer cookies. It's a layer for every day. It's a layer for every day. But if, if only one of the seven layers is today, it's a good layer, where you're coming to church and you're hearing the Word, but then we've got six more days of bad layers of garbage. Y'all following me? And where is where's God exactly going to put the peace? Where is it going to fit in? Because you can't expect just to have garbage in, garbage in, garbage out. I mean, garbage in and have good things coming out. Because it's the overflow of the heart that comes out of your mouth. So when your garbage is coming in, garbage is going to come out. Amen? So why I want you to get a hold of this. You, you can't go and just let any old thing in. and Just let all the trash come in you. And then say, Lord, I want to just pray for peace. Like I said, that's like eating anything you want. Say, Lord, just you know, make me really fit. Make me thin. That's just common sense. It all should be common sense, but I think what happens is it's a slow fade. And before you know it, you just fade it away, which is exactly what the enemy wants you to do. That's why it's not good that people aren't meeting in churches because now there's a lot of people that used to be here that aren't. And... It's because they've, they got out of a habit of coming during that brief period we weren't meeting and they've never come back. And that's what the enemy wants. They don't even realize what's happened to them. But what about what we don't take in? We talk about what we do take in, but what about the things that we're not taking in? So... At one time in my life, I was taking a log, a food log. This, this lady who's a nutritionist made me a diet. And she said, I want you to keep up with everything you eat and weigh it. Everything about it, we want to know. I want to know everything that you're taking in and putting in your body. It was a, a food log because we need to know what, what's going in you. And I was thinking last night about a thought log. A thought log. We need a thought log. So we're trying to pray the enemy out, but we're letting the enemy in. And so many things that we eat are just empty empty calories. And I think about those empty calories actually don't give you energy, or they don't give you strength. They actually, you might get a like a little rush from them, but then you 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 fall off the wagon. You know, you 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 fall off. Now you feel sluggish. And I remember when I was eating that diet, that's the best I ever felt my whole life. I mean, I felt good. I just felt good. I was eating clean every single day, and I just felt good. And uh, the same thing can happen with your thoughts. When you're putting clean thoughts in and putting good thoughts in, and, and not empty calories, not empty thoughts, you're hanging around with the wrong people because people will drain you as well. People will drain you, drain you now i um, talking about empty calories. I'm talking about people that you have surrounded yourself with that aren't beneficial to you, um, that they're pulling you down. You need to stop and take a look and say, are they pulling me down or are they helping pick me up? So, see, a lot of times you're hanging around people and you're trying to pull them up, but they're just, in reality, they're just pulling you down. And um, just to weigh things out, to weigh things out, because... You know everything's not important. Everything's not important. Talking about that weigh station, uh, these tractor trailers, they, these trailers that's being pulled by, it's called a tractor and a trailer. You hear people say tractor trailer and you have no idea what that even means. With well, a truck, the part they drive, that's a tractor. There's farm tractors and there's highway tractors. That's a highway tractor. It's pulling a trailer. On that trailer, there's axles. And when they pull you across the weigh station, they want to know how much weight is actually on those tires, which is on the axle. And if you have it out of weight, too much weight, that means you're tearing up those roads. And they fine you for it. So it's very important to have the weight equally distributed and uh, not to have too much weight. And I think the same thing applies to you and I. We uh, get out of balance too much weight give too much weight to some things and not enough weight to other things and sometimes when you say yes to some things in reality you're saying no to some other things and you may not even realize it in other words you may be saying yes to some people who are only there to use you uh, for their gain you're saying yes to them but you're turning around saying no to those who need you the most so you can say yes to the company that you work for that you've become a slave to and that you stay there and work and work and work and work and work and you're really saying no to your wife and you're saying no to your children who actually need you the most. Or to friends or to family who need you. And I think we need to learn how to get things weighed out equally or get things weighed out correctly and, um, you know, take an inventory of what it is that you give weight to amen because we can get out of balance because a word on your screen it may be the same size on this screen here on the screen there on your phone the news feed that comes through it may be the same size but let me tell you they have different weights they have different weights and we can get out of balance um I told my wife this last night. I, I think it was last night. Let's see. Yes, it was yesterday evening. I came in and I could tell that something was a little wrong. Just a little, not like crazy bad, but just, I mean, I know her. And uh, I said, like, what's wrong? Oh, nothing. <laughs> what I do? what I forget to do? Come on, tell me. But uh, nothing like that. It's not like she fusses at me or anything. I figured I'd probably forgot to do something that she asked me to do because that does happen on a rare occasion. <laughs> but, oh, nothing, nothing. I said, what, 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 what is it? What's wrong? Just tell me. Well, you know, that HOA, the, the, the neighborhood has a HOA where they like to tell you what you can and can't do at, on your own property that you pay for. And I'm not a big fan of that, but, you know, it's, it's kind of good so people don't trash your yards out and stuff, but I still don't like I mean, if they want to make the house a note, then yeah, tell me what you want me to do. But I, I make it, so it's kind of like I want to do what I want. And uh, they're going to have a meeting, and one of the things they're going to meet about are us. <laughs> <laughs> and they don't have Red Alexander's name on there, but the reason they're meeting... You can drive through the neighborhood and nobody else in the whole neighborhood is doing what they're talking about except me. And I'm doing it not because I want to. It's just because I have to. It's either that or move. And I'm not getting into all the details. But anyway, she's bothered a little bit about it. And I just laughed. I was like, okay, well, who cares? I don't care. It doesn't matter. I think a lot of times in life, you need to learn how to say that. You need to say, Who cares? They're mad at you. Who cares? They don't like you. I don't care. Do you care? I don't care. It don't matter. But they said something about you. Okay. It don't matter. Here's what I say you need to practice it. (laughs) Whoop-de-doo. That's what I told her. I said, big whoop-de-doo. I mean, what are they going to do? They're going to come over and eat me? They're going to shoot me? What what are they going to do? They're going to send me a bill, give me a fine for $75. I'm going to mail them a check for $150. This is for the next time. I mean, (laughs) it ain't that big a deal to me. But it was bothering her. And uh, I told you, don't let it bother you. Big whoop you do. You need to practice that. I don't care. It don't matter. Does it really matter? Cut that phone off. Is it really upsetting you that bad? Well, if I, if I cut my phone off, then I wouldn't be able to see what they're saying about me. Well, good. Because there's a lot of other people talking about you too that you don't know about. <laughs> or just block them. Just block them. Don't let it upset you. Somebody, the other day, we had... Um, I probably shouldn't give too many details, but... Um, Huh. Stick knew I was talking about him. He looked he just looked over the counter up there. But me and him did something and uh, probably more me than him, but we're in it together, so if I go down he's going with me. And um somebody had some comments, you know, and I just thought, huh, well. And then the next day I saw it again and I replied but I didn't say anything ugly, I just said something kind of funny really, just to mess with them. And I got some texts, are you mad, are you upset, I bet you're on fire, I bet you're just all lit up. And I was thinking, I was sitting down on the couch with my wife and daughter, or the whole family. And I said, do I I look upset, do I look mad? Who cares what they think, I don't even care. I just replied back just to mess with them, probably shouldn't have because I probably actually ended up making them mad in the the end of the thing. But uh, who cares, who cares? you've got to give weight to what really matters and what really matters in life and, and, and things that are important because um, Jesus is our rock, but you can get on the rock and get out of balance and fall off the rock. You ever try to cross a creek and you're jumping from the rocks and you've almost made it and you, you get on that last one and you lose your balance and you fall in the ice cold water? That stinks, doesn't it? We've got to learn how to stand on the rock and be balanced. And um, see, what people think, think about you doesn't matter. It's what he knows that does matter. Because he's not thinking it, he knows it. You follow me? You with me? You all wake up there? It's so warm, I know it just puts you off to sleep. It <laughs> couldn't be the boring preaching. It's definitely got to be the heat that's putting you to sleep. Got one, amen. <laughs> Thanks, Granny. <laughs> but we get indecisive. I mean, yes or no? Quit pro- pro- procrastinating. What is it? I mean, don't get that. That gets you all anxious. You can't make up your mind. Like I said, the I mean you with all these decisions and all these choices. Do it or don't. Do it or don't do it. Should I buy these outfits? These clothes look good on me. They make me look skinny. They make me look fat of the end style. I don't know, do it or don't, buy it or don't. Should I marry her or should I marry him? I don't know. You've been dating for seven years. You ought to know by now. If you don't think you want to marry her by now, then you need to move on out of the way and let somebody else have a chance. Do it or don't. Should I buy this house or that house? I don't know, just buy something, do something. Just do something, do something. There used to be a saying that we would say it called do it even if it's wrong. Just do something. Now I like to say, no, don't do it wrong. Let's just do it right. Let's just do it right the first time. But what that means is do something. Don't just stand there with your hands in your pocket and be indecisive and keep procrastinating. You know, you go to the uh, restaurant with the kids and they get that menu. Like I like to go to uh, Cheesecake Factory. I think I've been there twice in 2020. Um, once I think last year on around the 1st of January and then I went there here a month or so ago and you know it's just the whole thing's just silly. I don't even like to go out to restaurants anymore. You got to put your mask on but people are sitting right beside you with no mask on. I was like, I mean, do do it or don't. I understand it's real but it's just as real at the table as it is standing beside the table. Uh, it makes no sense to me uh, about that. But um, I guess somebody's going to come out with one you can eat. You can wear while you eat, and I guarantee it. <laughs> they will. Um, but do it or don't. And so you go out there to the Cheesecake Factory, and they've got the longest menu ever. And I would never take my kids there. They can't decide what to order at Chick-fil-A. <laughs> if I took them there to read the menu of 170 different ways to... To clog your arteries, they're never gonna know what it's gonna be terrible. You know what do you want? Just just order something. Even if you don't like it, you can have mine. I'll, just order something, please, dear Lord. Just 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 pick something. Do it. There's so many options. Like I said, we live in a world that's full of so many options. What I see options is is more options is more opportunity for anxiety. Just a yes or a no. Just do it or don't do it. But just doing it or not doing it only works if you are a man or a woman of integrity. I know people that's got more than one phone that absolutely have a heart attack if their husband or wife got a hold of their phone and started looking through their texts. They, they've got DMs going to these people and, and PMs going to these other people. They've got Snapchats going this way and that way or different accounts because they're pretending to be something they're not, hiding stuff. They've got their decoy phone that they use to talk to their girlfriend with in the hopes that their wife won't find out that they've got the decoy phone. See, a yes or a no it doesn't work if you're not a, a man or woman of integrity. And I used to have this friend, I guess he's still a friend, I haven't talked to him in a bit, but he was—he had him a girlfriend, and myself and his other friends said, hey dude, this is not a good idea. And he said, well, that's okay, I've got a burner phone. And I said, really? I said, where do you keep that extra phone? Well, I keep it under the back seat of my truck. And I'm like, yeah, because she'll never look there. I mean, if she suspects you of having a girlfriend and she's going to tear your truck apart, yeah, that's a really good hiding place. You idiot. <laughs> but see, you know, people do these things and um, we're praying for peace, but our lives are actually in pieces. So it's like, well, I, you know, God, give me peace. Well, which peace would you like the peace to be in? Because you're in about three or four different pieces you got about three or four different U's running around. Which piece would you like the piece to be in? You look at the word integrity, and you look at the word that you learned in school, in math class, integer, which is a whole, integrity, integrity, which means one you, one whole you. Not a bunch of pieces of you. Which mask are we going to wear today? Because you've got to be this person around them, but now you're a different person around them. And I've got to be a different person around my family because my parents uh, think that I'm really something more special than I really am. They don't really know that I go out and party and do drugs and, and do all these other things. They think I'm a perfect little boy because I sing in the choir. And so I've got to wear a mask, but then around my friends, I've got to wear another mask. I remember I was asked to preach, and before I ever preached, before I ever got behind the pulpit, I told my wife, I said, we got to talk. So I just started telling her some things about myself. And the reason I wanted to tell her about myself is because I had been wearing this mask, and I said, this mask doesn't fit anymore, and I can't wear it anymore, so I need you to know who who I am or who I used to be rather. And she said, it don't matter who you used to be. All that matters is who you are now. There ain't no reason to talk about a dead man. Because I was was wearing a different mask. I had to wear a mask for my grandma. I had to wear a mask for my wife. I had to wear a different mask. And so uh, when you come to know the, the love of Christ and you, you get saved, really saved, become a Christian, not a Christian as I believe in God or I believe Jesus is the Son of God, because that doesn't make you a Christian because Satan believes that Jesus is the Son of God and he's not a Christian. It's being a follower. And saying, I can't wear a bunch of masks and follow. It's just one mask or it's no mask. It's just the real me. It's the real me. In 2 Corinthians, the 5th chapter, the 17th verse. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I'm not who I used to be. The mass doesn't fit anymore. I'm a new creation. God's created me to be who he wanted me to be. Amen? Amen. We say, God bless us. Bless us. Well, bless which one of you? See, it shouldn't change from Sunday, from right here, right now, to tomorrow. Because there's people that go to church every Sunday that say, Hallelujah, praise the Lord, thank you, Jesus. And on Monday, they'll use the same mouth to say, Well, kiss my A with it. They use the same mouth. They just went from Sunday to Monday. Praise the Lord. They're blessing. Now they're cursing with the same mouth. That's a different mass. That's, that's, that should not be so. You should be the same every day of the week. The people that work with me know that I'm no different at work than I am here. I say the same stupid things in front of y'all as I do them. <laughs> but it used to not be like that. I did to come in church, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And then I would go out on Monday and tell somebody to pucker up. <laughs> but something changed. I'll tell you what changed is me. And you can't manage it you can't manage a bunch of versions of you. That's what makes you anxious. That's what stresses you. That's what gets you worried. That's what basically ruins life for you, is because you're trying to manage too many versions of you. And I don't mean uh, that all. You know that's always bad. Sometimes you're trying to be something uh, that somebody else wants you to be. David says, "Search my heart." He says, "Know my anxieties," which means. Align my life. And, uh, in other words, he's talking about the real me. The real me. Amen? Praise the Lord. Let's see where we're going. There's things that's going to trigger you, there's peace that surpasses all understanding. And, um, there's things that's going to come into your life, health and money and just, just problems, people just being ugly and different things. But the peace that surpasses all understanding, see, those are the things that's going to trigger your anxiety or trigger your stress or trigger your worry or trigger you into getting out of balance. But the peace surpasses the things that trigger it, trigger it. So you can't just let it fill you up, let all the on-ramps come onto your interstate or into your mind, be out of balance, and then now we're going to pray for peace. No, the peace surpasses those things that trigger it. Amen. Praise the Lord. That's good stuff. Being somebody that for someone else, that would be like your intentions. What are your intentions? Are my intentions... God's called you to serve. He's called me to serve. We've all been called to serve, not to perform. So you, you, sometimes you, I think maybe you think you're serving somebody, but you're really trying to perform for them. And now you're trying to be something that you think they want you to be. Because you're not good enough just being you. You're not good enough just being the woman that God's created you to be for this yahoo you're dating, and now you think that you're going to have to perform. Because you don't have a very good self-esteem, and don't feel good about yourself because nobody's ever told you that you're prettier, they loved you, and now here comes little Johnny, and but you don't feel good about yourself, so you think you need to go, you know, just being me is not good enough. So now I've got to perform. I've got to try to be what he wants me to be. Mm-mm. Now... God never called you to perform. He called you to be you, the real you, the one He created you to be. Amen. And most of these things aren't real anyway. They're just in your imagination. They're in your imagination. You think about when you were a kid and you had an imagination. What you imagined you wanted to be or what you imagined you wanted to do. Let me tell you, the imagination, your imagination, my imagination is one that's, that's probably your most valuable asset that you've got. And it goes from being a playground, uh, you're imagining things as a kid, and it maybe as a young teenage person, and all of a sudden now you're an adult, and what used to be the playground is now a battleground. The battlefield of the mind. We talked about that book. The battlefield of the mind, because that's where a battle takes place. It takes place in your mind. Then the next thing you know, you have this stronghold in your imagination and you come into church on Sunday and now all of a sudden we can't worship. You can't disengage in worship because you're too busy worrying about something else. See, that's one reason we come in here to worship is because it should be the anesthesia for the heart surgery because the Word of God is going to perform surgery on you and I like to look at the worship as... We're not worrying. We're not stressing. Whatever came in, it's on your mind. Now we're praising, we're worshiping the Lord, and we're getting ready to hear what He's got to talk to us about. Amen. But it's hard to do that. It's hard to engage in worship. It's hard to engage in this service at all when you're sitting there thinking about all these other things that's on your mind and what you need to do and who's pulling on you and what they're expecting you to be or what they need from you or you got company coming over and we gotta have the house clean, you gotta get it cooked, or the yard's gotta be right, or the HOA's written you a letter, or Are they going to have cutbacks at work in 2021? Am I going to be one of the cutbacks? And you're thinking about, oh my gosh, what am I going to do if they do let me go? Now you're thinking about a for sale sign in your front yard or a house uh, foreclosure about something that's not even ever happened yet. And and probably not going to happen. You see how Satan works? This truck's got three hundred eighty thousand, man. If I lose my job, I'll have to put another three eighty on it because I can't be to afford to buy nothing else. No, now God supplies your needs according to His riches and glory. When you have your hands out, guess who else has his hands out? That's God. Praise the Lord. Our imagination belongs to God. He gave it to you. It's a good thing. Um. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Like I was just talking about, having a stronghold in your mind. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity. Now that's talking about taking these thoughts into captivity. You know what that does? You're in this cycle. And when you take these thoughts into captivity, roll down the window and chunk them out, you're reversing the cycle. Take these thoughts. Don't get up in the morning and run into the living room and turn on uh, the, 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 the fear news network. Turn on the faith news network, which is the Word. Compare everything against the Word. Compare every thought against the Word. When there's, Everything on there is to get you into fear. Everything on there is to get you stressed and worried. There's nothing good ever on there. I can't remember seeing much good on there except the one time or two times that I was on uh, um, the 10 o'clock news for sacking a quarterback in high school. Now, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the heck out. The rest of it's garbage, though. I mean, enjoy it while it lasts, right? I had this little TV about this big, and uh, when I was in high school, and you plug into your cigarette lighter, and we would go to Taco Bell after the game, and it's so stupid. But um, me and my friends who played, we would have that uh, TV, we'd be looking at it, and we'd to see if we made it on the, you know, when the news comes out and videos the game to see if any of us made it on there, and uh, you know, uh, it was it was a big thing when you're 16, but. Now it's it's kind of silly, but but you get into fear. You end up isolating yourself and you stay um, isolated, you lonely and uh, discouraged and stay isolated, waiting on the enemy to disappear before you're going to have peace. And it's not just you. There's um, lots of people that struggle with this. That's why we're talking about it. I'm going to go back to Proverbs real real quick and then we're going to wrap her up. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. It's important that what comes in your ears, what words you're giving weight to, are not the words that's getting you out of balance. That's why he says give attention to my words. We're going to compare his words to their words. Their words... If they don't line up with the Word, which is His Word, we're taking those captive, we're chunking them. Don't need you in my house. Don't need you in my truck. I don't need you in my car. I don't need you in my life. Chunking them. Amen. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Don't let His Word depart from your eye. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Why? Because they're a life... To those who find them and help through all their flesh. Let me tell you, a lot of people don't find them. And if you don't find them, you don't find life. Because life is found in the Word. Praise the Lord. It says, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. You've got to guard your heart. You have got to guard your heart. What does that mean? That means on that interstate system, you need to shut down some on-ramps. And we're not letting nothing else on this interstate, nothing else clogging it up. In fact, we're going to open up the off-ramps, the exits, and so we're going to get some junk off of it. Amen. That's why it's important to come to Common Grounds, which is Sunday school. But it's not really a Sunday school. It's not like a, a teacher with a blackboard and a chalk chalkboard up there it's uh, more of a find out there's people in the room that's got the same problem as you they're struggling with the same things as you and you're not all alone and um, that's why it's important to be here at church to hear the word and not just to hear the word but to act on the word because like I said the seven layer cookies are six more days you out there by yourself and we're not gathered together and I'm not with you It's up to you to put the Word in. It's up to you to act on what you've heard here on Sunday. Amen? I think this morning it's just, Lord, show me the on-ramps. Show me the on-ramps. Show me what ramps I need to close down. What I've been letting in my mind. What I've been letting in my life. What I've been giving weight to. What I've been saying yes to. Some things I need to say no to. And don't, mis- don't misunderstand me. When I say saying yes to people, saying no to others, I'm not saying be ugly to anybody or, or turn your back on anybody. I'm just talking about there's people out there that are just to use you, to get what they can out of you, and in the process of five or ten years of them using you, they're taking you away from something else that matters way more. Hello. That's the alarm going off saying, preaching's over. <laughs> That's the dinner bell. Show me the on-ramps. And the peace of God, Philippians 4, 7, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And we'll go back to what David said. He says, search me, Lord, know my heart, Know my anxieties. And I think it lines up well with Proverbs 4.20 and lines up well with this Philippians where he says, guard your hearts and your minds through Jesus Christ. And I think this morning that needs to be the prayer for all of us to search me, Lord, to know me, Know my anxieties. Show me what I need to say no to. Show me what I need to say yes to. Show me what things in my life have got me out of balance and show me what on-ramps I need to shut down. Get us ready for 2021. We're not living in a day and time where it's, it's good to be out of balance. The eastern sky may split tomorrow. And I was thinking, I hope it does. But you know what, if 40, if 50 years ago, the eastern sky would have split, I wouldn't be here, and, and I wouldn't be going to heaven. So on one hand, I'm ready for it, but on another hand, I, I know there's people that aren't born yet that won't get to experience this. I don't want to be selfish. And nobody knows the time anyway. Praise the Lord. Did y'all get something out of it? Y'all ready for the new year? Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning. We ask you to search us, know us, show us what things we need to change and shifts we need to make things we need to say yes to, things we need to say no to. Lord, open our eyes, open our ears, eyes to see people and see situations the same way you do, and ears to hear, to hear your word, that it may penetrate our hearts, fill our hearts, so that out of our mouth we're speaking the words that you'd have us speak. We're thinking the thoughts that you'd have us think. Lord, we just thank you for the peace that you do give us that does surpass all understanding. We thank you. We praise you for it. Before we close this morning, if you're here in this house, you say, I've never accepted Christ as my personal Lord and Savior, but today is my day. Well, let's don't don't put it off because waiting is an equation that does not add up. And I'm not going to embarrass you. It's your business. It's between you and the Lord. But I do want to make that opportunity. So if you say, hey, that's me. Today's my day. I'm just going to lead you through a prayer. prayer. So I just ask you right now where you're sitting, every head's bowed, every eye's closed, but I just ask you just to make eye contact with me or slip my hand up so I can see you. All right, praise the Lord. We all have him bound, amen. Father, we thank you that we're leaving out of here. And we're going in, we're going home better than we came in, but we're also going into 2021 uh, better than we went into 2020. This year has been a year, uh, a test, a trial, just a test of our faith, and uh, our endurance. And Father, we just thank you for it, that you've never left us and you've never forsaken us. You've been right there with us every step of the way. And we know that you're still with us, leading us right into the new year. And we're looking forward to it. We just thank you, give you all the praise, all the glory. To the name of Jesus we pray, amen and amen. Hey, I've got one thing I want y'all to do. I almost forgot. Um.